All right. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to 2021. Um, it is my responsibility to welcome you to this podcast and to have my friend, Dr. Beth Tramel, introduce herself. Beth, tell us, tell us about who you are and what you do. I love it. I love that. Every time we do this, our intro is just a little bit different. It just keeps us all on our toes for anybody who listens month to month. You could listen to each one of the podcasters at podcast is you're right you got it nailed it it is the plural for sure um so anyway i am really excited to be back again 2021 it's a new year um my name is beth tramel i am a licensed psychologist and an associate professor of psychology at indiana university east and i am a words person i have always been a words person actually i'm not sure if we've had this conversation but you know even growing up i have always been so focused on just specific words and how much I love just realizing that how words impact our relationships. I mean, even as, uh, I mean, I remember moments in fifth and sixth grade where I was like, wow, that one particular word mattered so much. So anyway, I focus a lot on words in my work with kids and families and parents and teachers as I try to help deepen connection with kids and and increase connection um, between parent and kids specifically. So, yeah. And our shared word nerdiness is how we got connected. I also love words. It's amazing. Fortune. Uh, crossword puzzles. I love words too. And I work for Core Essential Values. I'm the creative director for that company where we take one word a month and we talk to preschoolers and elementary students and middle and high schoolers and their families about how to live those out in their lives and what it might look like. And one of my favorite things about the way Core Essentials does this is that we take a word, which a lot of places do, a lot of character education, social emotional learning places do, but we attach a sentence to it that some might call a definition. You wouldn't find it in Webster's. And some might call an application that just sort of describes and puts everybody on the same page as to what, how we're going to live out the word that month. And so this January word, we've used it a couple times already, is responsibility. And the, the sentence we're using with that or the application is proving you can be trusted with what's expected of you. And we've had some really good conversations already today about preschoolers and elementary students and how this word works with them and um, is influential for them and how parents can lean into this word with them. But I'm really excited about this conversation for middle and high school students, partly because I have some <clears throat> I have some living in my house. Um, and so I get to see what this is like navigating this as a parent every day. Uh, but also, I think it, there's just so much more depth. There's so much more cognitive understanding of what this means. Um, and they're, they're so there's so much thinking about their present and their future um, kind of at the same time. So I really am excited to dig into this with you, but um, let's just start generally. What does responsibility mean to an adolescent or a teenager? Yeah, it's why I love, it's why I love having the kind of definition or, or action or whatever behind every word, because based on the development of the kid, it means something slightly different. And I think as a parent, I appreciate really thinking about that from a development uh, kind of standpoint to, to think, what does it really mean for an adolescent as we as parents are trying to train them and teach them about responsibility? So the interesting thing about this, this sort of definition of, you know, proving that you can be trusted with what's expected of you is it really is part of the, the growth, part of the development of our teens and tweens 
to be proving they can be trusted. And it's part of our responsibility as parents to remember that they are going to screw that up. Yeah. They are learning how to prove. So we have to realize that they're, if they break our trust, right, if they don't engage in responsible behavior, if they don't fulfill all of the responsibilities that week, that's what they're supposed to be doing because they're working their way toward that proving that they can be trusted with what's expected. It's so important for us to remember that the proving is an, it's a continual action word, Yeah. right? They haven't already proven, right? They're proving in the middle of where they're at. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like a check mark. You're done. You've become responsible. It's a, it's a constant thing, particularly at their age, but also in our age, right? To be proving, to prove that we can be trusted with things that, that, that lasts with you your whole life. So, so tell me as a parent of teenagers, how do I balance that, that idea of, okay, I know that they need independence. I know that they're working on proving and that they're going to mess up like cognitively in my brain. I get that. But as a parent, how do I let go enough of things and not helicopter and not do all of those things to allow them the freedom to make mistakes and still hope that they're proving that they can be trusted? Yeah. So my first thing to say is that if you have more than one child, realize that your plan for this word specifically will not be the same for both child or all three kids, both child. It will not be the same for both children or all of your kids together. So I think the first thing is you have to be continually assessing where each of your children are in terms of their level of proving they can be trusted with what's expected. And it might mean that you have to lean in a little bit more with one of them and kind of come back um, with the other of them. What it doesn't mean is you just let them have access to all of their devices all of the time without having sort of a consistent expectation that you are going to be monitoring the device together and their kind of screen time together and teaching them responsibility around devices together. Mm, It also doesn't mean that you are hovering over them and asking them lots and lots of, of questions all the time. So it's sort of a hard um, one size fits all thing, but we are the ones who know our kids the best. And so we have to be just continually evaluating where do I need to step in and where do I need to let loose? Yeah, right. Because, you you know, there's a balance between I trust you, you have no curfew, you can stay out as long as you want, right? To I trust you, but it's my job as a parent to protect you. So you need to be home at this time. Or I trust you on your phone, but it's my job as a parent to protect you. So I'm going to have these certain securities or I'm going to check at these certain times or whatever the case, whatever it is that works out for you. Um, but it is a balance between our responsibilities as a parent to protect them and to teach them and they're um, reaching for responsibilities as an adolescent to gain that independence. Absolutely. And when we talk about kind of including responsibilities to prove that they're responsible, right? So usually that comes in the form of, of tasks or chores around the house, right? So we give them responsibilities on the path to proving that they are responsible. And we have to think about, in some ways, setting them up for success 
but then also challenging them a little bit so that they have to prove that they can do it. So I tend to talk with parents about, you know, giving them some chores that are things that they can already do, but then also expecting certain things from them that may be stretching them a little bit, like monitoring their screen time, like coming to you and talking to you about things that that maybe they saw on their screen or that they did with their screens that can, can prove that they are, are becoming more responsible. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, you know, I've found, um, you know, in my limited experience of parenting only two children, but I found that pushing them on some things that they don't think that they're ready for. And me saying, you know, I actually trust you to be able to do this. I trust that you can make the right decision here. I trust that you can have this hard conversation with your teacher. I trust that you're going to do what I've asked you to do while I run errands. Um, I've found that it, it may be scary for them and for me, but it does give them that sense that they can accomplish something without me that maybe they were afraid to do. And so starting with small things, you know, not like, Hey, you just immediately turned 16. Here are the keys to a new car. Go for it. Right. But starting with small things and moving your way up to bigger responsibilities does seem to help both me and them build that relationship of trust and build in them that sense of responsibility and that, that they have a role to play and whether or not I trust them. Yeah. And if you're a person who's sort of listening and you're, you're thinking, gosh, you know, it's really hard to get my kids to do chores around the house. And so I've just kind of quit trying because it's easier for me just to do them myself. Um, I would encourage you just to realize kids and teenagers especially are going to push back if it means, you know, I'd either be be able to play my, my video game or I'd have to do the laundry. They're always going to push back. They're always going to rather play their video game. Then do laundry. I would choose a video game too. And I don't even play video games. So I think it's, it may be taking a pause and thinking through, okay, maybe I'll check out a list of common chores that people have their teenagers do, or maybe you look up adulting skills or anything like that, right? Pick some small things, small ways And maybe it's not starting with the laundry if that's the hardest one for your kid to wrap their head around. Maybe it's, it's teaching them to, to cook. Maybe it's any of the other list of, of chores. Maybe you don't call it a chore at all, right? Maybe you, um, you know, just introduce the idea to them in a way that's not going to be super aversive to them because they're always going to pick the thing they love to do, the more fun thing. Cause don't we all know chores aren't any fun? Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. And I like that idea of giving them some choice in what they do, right? Okay. You've got two hours where you're doing nothing today. After that, you can have at it with the video games, but what do you make a list and tell me what you're going to accomplish this morning that needs to be done in your life. Um, is, is also, it does build that trust and give them the sense of responsibility as well. So as we are wrapping up, if you could encourage parents of teenagers and adolescents, um, as they head into the new year, and we think about responsibility, any words of wisdom or advice that you would give folks as we head out today? You know, it's been sort of an interesting year. You know, last year was a really interesting year for a lot of our teens and tweens, right? And they've had a lot of changes over the course of the last 12 months, right? So I think it's 
it's an important part for us to revisit this idea of responsibility this year as we think about what school is going to be like for the next 12, 18, 24 weeks or months. We don't really know what it's going to look like even next week. But revisiting this idea in comparison to what 2020 was, I think our kids in the teen and tween age range are definitely able to have conversations with us about what is your responsibility when we're doing e-learning? How is your responsibility this year in 2021 going to be the same or different than it was in 2020? How is your responsibility for, you know, in-person school, if that's where we're at? So I think as we think about school especially and all of the changes of 2020, how do we start anew with our kids in 2021? Yeah, I like that. So maybe there's some personal goals or some personal resolutions or whatever you want to say, but maybe there are some parenting goals and some, um, some ways that we think about what we want our kids to be like during 2021 or at the end of 2021. And we spend some of these months really intentionally parenting them in those directions. That's really good. I like that. I like that. Um, if folks want to know more about you and, and read more about the work that you do, how might they find you? Yeah, so my website is makewordsmatterforgood.com, and I am on Facebook, MWM with Kids. Awesome. You can learn more about Core Essentials at coreessentials.org, and you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. And, um, you know, I'm inspired. I'm excited about moving into 2021. I personally am excited about leaving 2020 behind, and I do think the narrative can change and that's up to us. And that's our responsibility as parents to change that narrative. And um, I'm looking forward to, to see what this next year brings in our conversations. And I keep saying it, I'm looking forward to February. Our word in February is really great. Um, and I think we can talk about some really interesting stuff for kids and families in February. So we'll see you guys then. Thanks for listening. Bye everyone. Bye.